Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, what the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John. I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, let's face it. This is like it. This is what it's supposed to be like here today, right? It's supposed to be sunny. It's supposed to be getting warmer. We're supposed to be getting excited. Now, obviously, there's no NBA, at least with a local twist to talk about, which is certainly necessary. Chad Buchanan, next year. Next year, and I know that I'm talking about going into the Eastern Conference semifinals, but into the postseason next year. No more draft capital, no more waiting. I'll be completely honest with you. Even when I hear about how, well, the Colts should just go ahead and if they lose, they lose and, you know, try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I Listen, while that sounds great. Good luck with that. Like, we're going to check out whether or not for the Colts, this whole Anthony Richardson thing is going to be the good fortune that everybody around here has been looking for. Because let's face it, it's been few and far between. And really the same thing for the Pacers. Like that trade seems like midseason a year ago, good fortune now going to make your own good fortune there by doing the deal yourself. Benedict Matherin seems like good fortune. So you got up there and it worked out. Maybe you'll get back up there again. Odds are with the ping pong balls coming up that you won't, but maybe you do. But I think I'm kind of worn out on the whole, yeah, go ahead and stink until next year stuff. You guys agree? Maybe it's just my age. Maybe it's my age. I'm 53, going to be 54 in December, and the clock is ticking on getting all these things back on course here. And some of this stuff, many will say it's well, it's unrecognizable. You know, the way the season went a year ago or the way the season went for the Pacers two years ago. Yeah, really, it's not unrecognizable to a lot of us. Like Generation X, it's very recognizable because we were in it. We lived it. Uh, it just certainly wasn't as prominent back then. And then you go through a long stretch of meeting expectations and winning. You never want to be like that again. Full disclosure, regardless of what happens with the Colts this year, 
I would like for them not to be in the top four again next year. I would. Because that means you have a ridiculously awful season. And I don't feel like picking up the pieces for that. Well, you can leave it out there. You didn't have to bring it in here. Yeah, I'll leave it, I'll leave it out there on the table. Ah, who are going to take my pretzels, man? Right. No, that's okay. That's Eddie Garrison bringing in my rolled gold cheddar-flavored pretzels. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to consume today. Anybody else do that, a little rolled gold? Yeah, it used to be like $1.99 a bag. I think I paid $3.99, which is probably over $4 a bag. Now the bag is much smaller. There's a lot more air in the bag and a lot less twisted up pretzels covered in some sort of cheddar cheese tasting dust. A lot more air on those things now. No, but simply put, and I, I know everybody wants to come off sounding like, you know, this incredible genius or this big brain, but to me anymore, the only thing that's going to put you on the path of being really smart is to prove to people that you're ready to win. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make that simplex, and I'm not also trying to suggest that the Colts should be doing that next year. What I'm telling you is this crossing your fingers and hoping that this team sucks in 2023, I'm not on board with. I'm not on board with it. I want to see them... And I, do I expect them to take lumps? There's no doubt about it. But I want to see them also give you reasons to be excited. I want them to give you reasons to yourself to justify the path in which they're now on. And there's a variety. You know, whether you're talking about a 20-year-old rookie quarterback or whether you're talking about going into year number seven of a general manager that has one playoff win. There are many paths we're talking about and uh, many different paths. Now, you take advantage of when you get up there because you don't want to consistently be up there. Now, the Colts in the past have, and not obviously during a lot of your times, but you know, during my era, it seems like it was a ride of passage that they were going to stink. And it was funny back then. Everybody laughed. Everybody made jokes. All pretty funny, but nobody really cared as much as they do now. And it sure as hell wasn't covered as much because of what is social media, uh, the internet and all that as much as it is now. I just, I, I, it is tough for me to comprehend wanting to see this team stink it up for the sake of having another high draft pick. Or let's just say a top four pick again. I that be damned. I just don't want to see it anymore. I would rather see some reasons why you believe in what they're doing right now. A little make up for the mess up, right? Make up for the mess up for the past couple of years, especially. And two years ago down the stretch, but last year? That's kind of what I want to see. I mean, reasons to believe. You know, not other leverage reasons why, you know, if you're in your 30s, you got all this time to wait. You're in your 20s. Yeah, go ahead and wait. I mean, you, I mean, you play it like it's the world of fantasy. I want to see this group get back on track and do it now. Yeah, I don't really care how they find this path. Just find it. You know, that's why I suggest if you got a rookie quarterback, if you have any thought in your mind that this dude is ready to go and you want to see him out there and, and showcase some ability and see how he responds after playing 13 games in college, yeah, I don't care. Do it. 
Do it. If that's how you feel, that's why you're here to make those decisions. Oh, this is so right. The Colts used to stand for, before the Manning era, count on losing this Sunday. (laughs) And everybody laughed. Everybody laughed. Like, dudes were not having sex until the Colts won. That means they basically didn't do anything over the course of a long season back then. I mean, all this silly stuff and stupid stuff that, frankly, I'm really not cool with wanting to relive. It was funny back then, right? It's not so funny now. You don't want to be the butt of jokes now. So that's where I stand. A lot of you had asked me over the course of the end of the show and then end of the evening via social media, you know, why, you know, I want to fire up the quarterback right now while he's not ready. Well, that's not for me to judge. My thought is if he is in the vicinity of ready, if I don't want to say cleared. It sounds like he's coming back from injury. But and the reason why I bring this up is because the rookies obviously are in town. I, I want to see them go at it. Because this whole NFL thing doesn't last for a minute. I mean, get out there and go at it. And hopefully give the folks a reason. And give the Colts a reason to justify to the fan base why they felt compelled to do what they did and get this thing back on track, back on course. I mean, by now, I'm I'm really past complaining about, well, they're rebooting the general manager and they're doing this. Can you believe JMV? They're doing the same offensive line? Yeah, I can because they pay him a lot of money and there's belief there. And I, I guess it's a logical belief, too. I can kind of get with why the offensive line would look like a pile of crap like it did a year ago because the quarterback position looked like a larger pile of crap, like a Jurassic Park-type pile of crap. That's what that looked like. So you could talk me into this group playing better. It's not even not even to do with Chris Strasser being gone and you know Tony Sperano Jr. You know, going to wave the magic wand and everything's going to be good. I would just think, that they would be better for two reasons. One is you're going to have a quarterback that at least is going to be able to move. I mean, he may move around and get whacked, but at least he's going to be able to move. At least he's going to have some escapability. He does have a strong arm. I mean, it may end up being 20 feet over somebody's head, but he's got a strong arm. So, You're going to have a different variation of quarterback. And really with Gardner Minshew, even if that is the case, and I hope that it isn't as much as I like him, but even if that's the case, I mean, you have some escapability there, which clearly between two of the three, there was zero a year ago. Zero. The other aspect of it is, because I was talking about the offensive line yesterday, is I'm not them. I don't claim to be them. They have gone through much more than any of us. I understand that. But I sit here for three hours a day to talk about it. And I can't imagine that there was much sustainable pride. If you look in the mirror coming off of last year, really for anybody in that locker room that remains, but certainly for that group along the offensive line. To be touted so high. And oftentimes, it's just being paid a lot. But in this case, it was touted high. And at least three of them there were getting paid substantially. And it was an absolute mess. And you know what you can do? 
if you come back and play well as a group, we'll see what Ryman does on the left side, a left tackle. We'll see, you know, what they end up doing at right guard. But what you can do is you can erase the memories of Fubar a year ago. Well, how do you do that if there's tape? Here's how you do it. You make people forget or you shift the blame. I'm not suggesting they're going to come out and say, well, last year was such a mess. That's why we played bad. They're not going to say that. But if they play better, that's exactly how we, exactly how you will view it. Yeah, clearly there was some issue a year ago as to the reason why they played badly and why they're playing much better this year. It didn't really matter what the issue is. And you know what? It may very well have been them. It may not have been their coach. It may not have been the super slow-mo of their quarterback escapability and the noodle arm strength. May not have been any of that. I would suggest it is, but maybe it's not. But you can't erase it to the level in which you play, and you can, without saying a word, let your play speak for itself and then let others determine what went wrong a year ago when it's brought up it's not on us it's not on me and i was here this thing was just a huge mess you will find that out if they do happen to have success i'm sure surprising success here or there let's just say for the sake of the argument they do there is going to be a lot of pointing of the finger to those that were here a year ago Some of it will be accurate and some of it won't. But that's how you end up helping folks forget about a 4-12-1 disastrous clown show of a season. So I'm willing to believe it. I'm willing to believe it until proven otherwise. And really, it it makes no difference regarding the quarterback. You know why I want the quarterback there. You know why I want the rookie to be starting. You know why I hope the rookie is capable of starting. But really, that holds true for either. I'd feel confident for either. And then there's the other added incoming interest, hope. It's an offense with a guy that everybody firmly believes in right now. There's going to be a a test. There's no doubt about it. But there's also belief in the offense that is coming in that is going to be different than what was a year ago that... You know, all the way around was an absolute disaster. So, yeah, I am willing to believe it. I'm okay with seeing the rookie quarterback take lumps. I don't want to see the dude get smacked up and bent over like a folding chair. But, you know, if you make four bad plays and then one and a half good ones, and you can factor that into decision-making, Whatever. You know, I think in the long term, you'll be satisfied with that. I think in the long term, as far as learning this, you're going to be better off than sitting over there and digesting what Gardner Minshew is doing. Or thinking about, well, you know what? If he was out there, and look at what Minshew is doing right now, but if, if Richardson was out there, no, 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 just be out there. Just be ready to be out there. And Chris Ballard said all the right things. Chris Ballard basically put it in terms of what we've talked about with the Pacers. Hey, don't believe this guy is going to be Superman. Now, you know, you get people around here that are non-believers in Ballard that are going to say, all right, well, here we go. 
Uh, this is just to go ahead and make sure that he creates more time for himself. He doesn't have to create more time. He's got more time. With being a part, a major portion of that decision, of the decision to move forward in this draft, being a part of that means he's got plenty of time. So he didn't have to come out and say what he did about, hold on a minute, you know, don't expect this guy to be Superman. He didn't have to say that because anybody here that understands that is reasonable knows that he has got time to work this thing out. And understands that the resume the past six years at this point in time does not count. It would count for me and for you conversationally. But it doesn't count for him. He's going to be right there. So he didn't have to say it. But to answer a lot of the questions I got last night, that is the reason why I want to see the quarterback get going and get going as soon as possible. That's a feel good. Because so many people felt, both here locally and nationally, that the guy is not going to be ready. That would automatically give you the thought that he is ahead. They are ahead of schedule. And that's also a part of what I'm talking about here, too. There's some folks that need belief. You know, ultimately, you need to see it. You need the evidence of it. You need the results of it. But there is also kind of a leaning in process here to where you just need the, oh, okay, well, that's great then. See, what these guys said nationally really didn't matter. He's ready to go right now. Clearly ahead of schedule. He and Steichen are working well together. Yeah, who knows what really is going on behind the scenes. But that is the type of feel good in a season where you don't have these broad expectations. These are the signature moments that are necessary to keep the belief boat afloat out here for Colts fans. And I guess to a degree, you're also lucky because there are so many Colts fans out there that like Gardner Minshew that find Gardner Minshew interesting. And I do too. I find it interesting. Let's go out to Mystic Waters and play the guitar and we'll have fun. But when it comes to starting at quarterback in week number one, I hope the football gets handed to the rookie. I hope that the rookie is ready to get awarded the start as a result of preparation leading up to the season. I hope that he is really, truly ahead of schedule. Nothing against Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's fine. Gardner Minshew is a fantastic insurance policy. But you really, I mean, as, as much as the insurance policies, uh, shout out to Brian Nair, by the way, Indiana Farm Your Insurance, as much as you love your insurance policies, I mean, do you really want to have to use them? You'd rather not. So I think deep down inside, everybody should want to see the whole come along of Anthony Richardson. Uh, A lot of you last night did not. Some of you did. I felt that I needed to explain out of the gate today. So there you go. Those that asked that question last night, asked the question about the offensive line that I talked about. There it is. The cut and dry in my thoughts. 239-1070 239-1070 is the number. Email address jam via 1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I'll go ahead and fire everybody up in there coming up in just a second, too. Yeah, last night, last night was not an award-winning evening 
for the NBA postseason. It was one game. It was a blowout. It was boring as hell. And I'm not a big fan of Joel Embiid. And I know he's the MVP. Joel Embiid didn't look like that he was good to go to be out there. So it depends on, I guess, what you like. But, yeah, last night, uh, the second half was not anything to write home about. So hopefully tonight and the NBA postseason is much better. Did you guys see where Hunter Dickinson is going? If there is one place that I would like to cuss out in college basketball more than anything in the state of Michigan, it would be Kansas. Yuck. Not that I really care. He can go to Kansas as far as I'm concerned. Which he is. The number one, A, ask yourself this. Did you ever think you would phrase something up like this? The number one ranked available player in the transfer portal, according to ESPN.com. What in the hell? (laughs) Uh, Remember when the the transfers either didn't get along with the coach or the transfer was a butthole? One of the two, right? And now it's just, well, I want to get out of here, go someplace else. And now we got rankings. You guys love it, though. I don't love it, but I guess I've got to go ahead and soak it up because it's not going to go anywhere. The number one ranked talent in the transfer portal is going to sucky Kansas. Great. I mean, if there's anything that really, I mean, it's almost not quite a draw because the state of Michigan sucks so bad. So it's, I mean, really... So you go from Ann Arbor to Lawrence, Kansas. Come on, man. That is the number one available talent in the transfer portal, according to ESPN.com. That's just crazy. It's funny that we say it that way now. Anyway, he is going to Kansas. That was the big news today. Got a little MLB to hit coming up later on, too. And again, another night in the NBA. And hopefully this night is going to be better than it was last night as well. The transfer portal. I am out to Rab Johns, though, because Rab Johns keeps track of all this stuff. Rab Johns keeps track of it, not just the IU stuff, but other stuff. He keeps track of it because I don't have to and we don't have to. I'm a lean on Rab Johns for that. It is just around the corner, right? You got the mini marathon coming up on Saturday morning. I heard from a lot of you. A lot of you are going to participate for a variety of reasons, all 100% justifiable. You know, even if you're a little bit crazy and just say, I really like to run. Running's so fun. I'm going to go out and run a long distance really early on a Saturday morning across rough, uneven ground and then around the speedway. That sounds so fun. And you're not even going to go to Rev afterwards, are you? Unless you bought tickets already. I have never run the mini marathon, and I never will. And I doubt if I ever go to Rev. Anybody out there ever been to Rev? And again, if you go, there's nothing against it. Could you imagine what I'd have to do? I'd have to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe. So wait a minute. I can't wear these basketball shorts here? Well, I'm not going. So that's coming up on Saturday, too. A Cinco de Mayo is tomorrow. 
and we are having an outstanding party. As I mentioned yesterday, for those of you that are competing, if you will, running in the mini marathon, I had heard that the celebration on Cinco de Mayo and especially maybe the uh, couple of samples you get of Luna Azul tequila actually is an enhancer in terms of your performance in running the next day. That is what a complete non-doctor told me once. So keep that in mind. If you're thinking about, hey, I can't go to La Hacienda on Fox Road and Geist there because, you know, I got to run the mini tomorrow. It's supposed to be good for you. I think they also say that running the next day after consuming large amounts of queso and eating the innards out of massive burritos, also very good. By non-doctors. I mean, listen, why else? Why else? This is one thing that happened in the 90s. Is there anybody out there that went through the 90s whole bar scene, whether we're talking about Broad Ripple or where I'm from down in Bloomington, that did not at 3 o'clock? At some point, we made like a transition from going to an open Waffle House to hitting up La Bamba. There was not a messier place on the face of the earth than a La Bamba in Broad Ripple or a college town in the state of Indiana at 3.15 on a Saturday or Sunday morning. But we all did. It was kind of a rite of passage. So for you runners, the innards of a thick burrito, copious amounts of queso, lots of baskets of chips. By the way, the food's going to be 10% off for you tomorrow, so eat away. And then obviously Luna Zul tequila. Uh, non-doctors tell me that that enhances the effect you're going to have and the run and the marathon production you'll have coming up on Saturday. Just to throw that out there in case you're thinking about not showing up because of it. It's going to be a good time, though. Seco de Mayo, La Hacienda coming up tomorrow. Luna Zul tequila, Brent Halverson will be there. 10% off while we're there of food. And I have not been to that location, but people tell me it is outstanding. And that's all I need to know. Now, that's coming up tomorrow. May the 4th be with you. Are you a Star Wars guy over there, James? What are you, a Star Wars of this era or a Star Wars of past? I mean, I grew up on the uh, the prequel series, so that's kind of what I watched as a kid. Wait, what's the what's the prequel series? The Phantom Menace, Attack of the oh, Clones. Oh god, that stuff sucks so bad. Uh, you not, watch that? Oh that's my what god. I grew up, and I'm not saying I'm a fan of it. See but that Jar Jar Binks character? On. That's why I didn't go back to films. I haven't been back. <laughs> it was so stinking awful. I thought I am never ever going back, and I haven't been since September the 21st, 1999. That Star uh, Wars this movie sucks yeah. so bad. That Star Wars movie is Rogue One, though. See if you're going. What? It's if you're if you were going to say. New Hope, I guess you got to call it, you can't just say Star Wars anymore. And to me, Star Wars means the 77 classic. Or the Empire Strikes Back, the 80 classic. Or up until Boba Fett goes down in the desert in that uh, digestive track of whatever the hell that thing was. And then you turn it off. Once they go to the Ewok stuff, that stuff all sucks too. But the first, the first two and... Maybe two and 45 minutes. That's me right there. Gotcha. I can do that. 
Not a fan of the uh, the character. Hey, Yoda sucks too. I, I can't stand Yoda. Everybody loves Yoda. Like God, long and boring. Kind of like my monologue here. I'm gonna have to do my monologue tomorrow in the Yoda voice. Uh, anyway, May Fourth is May Fourth. Be with you, and I can't remember when this all started. Used it used to just be May Fourth, and then somebody with a really big brain came up with the May. The fourth be with you in terms of Star Wars stuff. So well done, whoever did that. Yet that person and the Yacht Rock person that reaping the benefits of greatness with those two calls. All right, quick break and we can, we shall return. And again, we've got stuff to give away. Tickets to my show, my rock show, is coming up September the 16th at Brown County Music Center. Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys. When you hear a re-entry from one of those three artists, you're cue to call and be number nine to win a pair of tickets. We're going to make it a weekend down there. September the 16th, the JMV show. Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys. A little bit later on, Chapel in the 4 o'clock hour. I don't know if John McClain's going to agree with me or not, but I absolutely love what the Texans did. Loved it. How can you not love it? They arguably got, again, arguably, the second best quarterback in the draft and then went back up to get the best defensive player in the draft. Who in the world thinks that's bad and why? Why is that problematic? I mean, you get yourself a couple of signature defining players. Sounds good to me. We'll see if John McClain agrees. He's going to join me coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. (laughs) Who came up with May the 4th be with you? See, that's one of those things. It's like a tongue twister, like I'm Cindy Brady here. And it may, that has an opportunity to send me back to JMV 88 mode. May the 4th be with you. I got to think about it for a moment. You can tell. That, that gives me, I don't know why it does it, just some words and phrases do. That sends me back to JMV 88 land right there. I don't want to go there either. It's Cindy's tongue twister book. John McClain, Mike Chappell, JMV show tickets and calls. I got time for you. The next 30 inside the lounge via YouTube Live, HD Radio, the stream, the app, and just getting started on what has been a glorious Thursday so far. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right. Thanks to executive producer Todd Meyer. You guys ready? Leave this up for me, James, if you will. One of the earliest known references to the day followed regarding May 4th, 1979's election of Margaret Thatcher as Britain's prime minister, according to a post on the official Star Wars website. Thatcher's party took out an ad in the London Evening News with a message saying, quote, may the fourth be with you, Maggie. Congratulations. 
The website said this, and that that is one of the earliest known references of May the 4th be with you. May the 4th, 1979. The stuff you learn right here, it may not be what you're looking for, but it's exactly what you get. Oh, thank you. Jim McCann came up with that, too. Thank you, Jim. Great minds. Todd Meyer, Jim McCann on the same page. Well done. Uh, Nick writes this. Hey, Jim, the only real reason I have an issue with the Texans trading back up is that they had to send their first round next year. They will be likely a top three again in a loaded draft, so that sucks for them, but good for the Colts. See, to me, you got your long-term quarterback – arguably the best or the second best in the draft, and you got clearly the best defensive player off the edge in the draft, take it and run with it, man. Take it and run with it. Let's flip the script on that a little bit. Would Colts fans be angry? What if Ballard pulled a trick like that? Would you guys be angry about it? See, I I just, I am not as worried about wanting to be back up top four next year as everybody else might be. Like, I think, to me, that would stink. I want to see them come along to a point, hopefully, to where they're not top four. And I know we're talking about the Texans and the viewpoint may be even more different in Houston than it is here. But I I just can't sit back and go, well, you know what? It's going to be another bad season and uh, hopefully they get another top four pick. I mean, I like what the Texans were just proactive this year with what they wanted. They wanted a quarterback, one of the better quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback, arguably, and clearly the best defensive player off the edge. Two signature positions taken care of for the long term. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, top of the hour, Mike Chappell's going to be here. John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle. Uh, nobody knows Houston athletics, especially that of the Houston Texans, more than John. John's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, SPT says, JMV is genius. I agree with the non-doctors. Margaritas and tacos, screw running. Telling you, you're going to have a better time on Saturday if you come out and throw down a plate of burritos and some margaritas with us at Cinco de Mayo at La Hacienda on Geist tomorrow, near Geist tomorrow. A lot better. Now, they have, seriously, if you're worried about it, too. If you're worried about it. I'm sure I've never been, right? They have porta pots probably along the way, along the route. You'll be fine. Run in there really quick. No doubt. Uh, this is from Ryan. Hey, JMV. Speaking of Rev, I was laid off a couple of weeks ago trying to land a roll. They tune into the show every day, put in a good word. All right, IMS, my man Ryan is looking for a gig with you guys. And he seems like a swell human being to me, and I'm a terrific judge of character. So IMS is Ryan right here. I'm going to retweet it so you guys at IMS see it. (laughs) I'm going to do it right here. And good luck with that, Ryan, too. IMS, again, I'm a great judge of character because you know me. If you're a jackass, I'm not going to spend a minute with you. 
Luckily, I don't have a lot of that. That's a good process I have of weeding out those jackasses. All right, 239-1070 is the number. I want to say this may be Matthew in Maine, who has made the trek from Portland, Maine, to Philadelphia, and now here in Indy. Matthew, is this Matthew from Maine? Yes, it's Matthew from Indianapolis today. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, welcome to Indy, Matthew. How are you? Uh, Thank you. I am very tired. But otherwise, I'm doing well. Get yourself a little power nap right here. Get that second wind going, okay? Because are you coming out tomorrow to uh, yeah, La Hacienda? I, hopefully. Yeah, I don't think you're giving great advice about oh what to consume that night for the, oh, the next day. But come I am going to try and come out. Don't be skeptical. <laughs> one half, one half-ass doctor out of ten recommend La Hacienda. <laughs> Before the mini. <laughs> I mean, that's good enough for me. You got it. Well, I hope to see you tomorrow. I really do. I know I'll hear from you, and I know I'll hear from you on Saturday, but here's hoping I well, we see you and we get to hang tomorrow, too, because the samples will be flowing. Yeah, I look forward to it. Hey, welcome to town, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you. Matthew in Maine is in Indy. You like that? One out of every ten half-assed doctor recommends you drink Lunazul tequila the afternoon before the mini. Come on. Jump on board with me. 239-1070. Tony's next today. Tony, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, JMB. I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Go ahead, bud. I will actually be at the 5K Saturday, not the mini. Um... But I wanted to inform you, as far as the Luna Azul tequila, I think each shot has about seven calories in it. And you're not actually wrong about the burrito because you have all the protein and beans, yes. meat, and cheese in there. Right. So, I mean, and you're, you're going to get your protein and your carbs in there to give you energy to actually do the run. That's so exactly so, right. See? I, and I mean, I know you went to, you, yeah, we both so went to medical school together, so we know this stuff. Oh, I'm actually training to become a personal trainer. So, I, oh, are you? I mean, I'm actually going through, again. I'm actually going through the nutrition part of my courses right now. So, would you advise? Let's just say you were personally training somebody right now. Would you advise them to come to La Hacienda on Cinco de Mayo with me tomorrow, up on Fox Road near Geist, and prepare for the mini by eating burritos and drinking tequila? If they do it in right moderation, um, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, there you go. But what is, what is a good moderation of tequila? Standing um, or yeah. falling down drunk? <laughs> well, no. I, I think that's something you kind of got to – you got to feel that out when you're there, my brother, I believe. I may see you tomorrow. You have a good day, sir. Tony, thank you very much. Hopefully so. Man, Alabama's been – has it been a bigger mess? Alabama – what a grease fire that place has been. I'm talking about Tuscaloosa. So all that happened with the basketball team and Nate Oates and that clown show. And then today, Alabama baseball coach Brad Bohannon was canned. That's five days after suspicious wagering was detected on the Crimson Tides game at LSU. I'm assuming that that suspicious wagering means uh, we find out found out this clown did something wrong, and we're trying to disconnect ourselves from him ASAFP. Uh, the school announced that AD Greg Byrne 
initiated the termination process for Bohannon for, quote, among other things, violating the standards, duties, and responsibilities expected of university employees. I don't know what that is. They may, that may be, maybe you need to redefine that. What a mess. Absolute mess. I'm assuming they already know. Matt's next to 239-1070. Hello, Matt. Hey, Chandy. Uh, early uh, happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Hope right you back at you, Matt. Hope, hope to see you tomorrow. I'll do what I can. Um, as far as being a Colts fan, what would I think if we traded away next year's pick and moved back up and got the best pass rusher? I think that's your proverbial sports arousal for me personally. Right. After uh, watching seven years of trading back and taking lesser talented yes. players at every position we need. Yes. Uh, Announcing your presence with authority is something that we have not seen too often around here. No. And it's, I, I, I liked when they traded a one for uh, Buckner. I mean, at least you got something. I mean, I'm so tired of trading back and, you know, we don't want the best tight end. We want the fifth best. <laughs> and then uh, and then a special teams linebacker. I'm, I'm tired of that crap. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it. I mean, you got you target what you want in that draft if you're Houston and you throw it all out to get it. I have zero problem with that. Cool. Hey man, have a great day. Thank you. I'll see you tomorrow. By the way, when you answer a question, like when I say, "Hey, are you going to make it up to La Hacienda tomorrow?" And the answer is, I'll do what I can. That's just a long-winded answer or way to say no, right? You guys all use that too? Uh, th- that That is from, and, and again, Matt, Matt should feel honored. That is from the playbook of Chris Hagan. That is the playbook of Chris Hagan. Hey, Hagan, are you coming out tonight? Uh, I'll do what I can means no. I might be there a little later. No. Yeah, you could see me later on tonight. No. From the Hagen playbook. Hey, Greg, I am so incredibly happy that Beth is the biggest fan of Luna Azul Tequila. It's well done right there. Shout out to Beth. Quick break. We'll come back. Chapel, top of the hour. John McClain, 5 o'clock hour. Tickets to the JMV Rock Show in September. That's also on the way. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Ah, Star Wars. (laughs) Nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Uh, If you guys remember, Nick Winters, lounge singer. Doing Star Wars January the 28th, 1978 on Saturday Night Live. That, of course, Bill Murray. One of the more memorable Bill Murray characters, Nick Winters, during his run in the early stages of SNL. Again, debuted January 28th, 1978. Todd Meyer back in the back is on top of it, everybody. Well done. Like it a lot. 
<laughs> at JMV1070 on Twitter. It's from Jason. If Richardson isn't ready in week one, he shouldn't have been drafted at number four. You know, we just had a caller talk about trading back and trading back being a waste of time ultimately, especially if you're talking about guys that don't make the team. We talked about this on Monday. If there was one part about it, and I didn't have too many complaints other than if you had one part, would you rather put some picks together and trade up and go for somebody, you know, for example, it's just hypothetical, maybe around three as opposed to going with multi after multi after multi in around five. You like that better or the trading up aspect that, again, may or may not could have been a reality, but it's certainly worthy of conversation. Mike Chappell about that coming up on the other side, too. I'll bring that up with a lot more. Hey, JMV, that reminds me of a lyric saying, quote, seems to me that maybe pretty much always means no. (laughs) I'll do my best. Yeah, probably not going to happen. All right, tomorrow, Lunazul Tequila. Cinco de Mayo, La Hacienda, Fox Road, Geist, be there. Also, I want you to sign up, and I'll tell you when and where. VIP experience for the 36th Spring Original Classic, Dana Meekum. The auction's coming back to Indy once again, and that's going to be a big deal. I'm going to go out with a lot of you. We're going to go VIP style. Coming up, I believe, a week from Tuesday. I will tell you how you can get in on that as well. Give you a chance to do that and give you a chance to go to the JMV Rock Show coming up in September, too. Details on that and more and Mike Chappell coming up on the other side next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Uh, we got trackside tonight at 7, beyond the bricks at 8. Lakers-Warriors game 2 out west tonight at 9 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. Ooh, that's me. Listen, listen. Warriors-Warriors game 2 out west tonight at 9 o'clock. <laughs> I'm such a jackass. I should have gone right up until I stopped talking, because then that would stop talking, too. Uh, that's inside the lounge via YouTube Live that just so happened to be turned up again. Do you guys like what I say so much that you want to hear it twice? Yeah, probably not. Hey, I did want to give a shout out. So I go to Brebuff last night for a track meet, and uh, our friends at Brebuff Prep move so swiftly through a track meet, I could not be giving anybody more props than I am them. Well done. Normally, that thing can be a long slog, but they were, mm, I mean, going. The announcer, whoever's doing the announcing there, outstanding. I mean, it was great. And anybody that has to go, anybody that does go, 
to track meets, right? You know this. These things last forever. That might have been one of the quickest that I have ever attended. And a shout-out to Brebuff and uh, whomever would have been running that track meet last night. That thing was going quick, and I thank you very much. That's awesome. By the way, too, they have this huge wellness place there. It's called, uh, I forget the name. Is it Mark Kite? I apologize if I'm getting that wrong, but this huge wellness center there. And I was thinking about the wellness center I had at Eastern Green in Green County. Uh, our wellness center was a tin tackle box that was made into a medical box that had two cans of cold spray and one can, one jar of Kramer Jizik. You guys ever use Kramer Jizik? It would just, it burn your skin right off. Like Kramer Jizik, I don't know if they still make it now. I'm Maybe they do, but Kramer Jizik would burn your skin right off. If you ever put Kramer Jizik on anything on your body, whether it was a knee, a thigh, an elbow, a wrist, a bicep, Please, hopefully you never got it there. You would probably never be able to grow hair in that spot again. But we had two cans of cold spray and one jar of Kramer Jizik. And the cold spray was basically used to uh, kill ants in the dugout during baseball games. That was it. That was our wellness center was a makeshift tackle box. But that was the first time I'd been on the other side of Brebuff. That That's nice right there. Well done. Brebuff. But a shout-out to the track folks. They got that thing done, got that thing going, and got that thing done in a timely fashion. Nice job. Uh, John McClain of the 5 o'clock hour on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now. Friend of this show from Beach Grove. He is Mike Chappell. I don't know. Does Beach Grove have a wellness center? I'm sure they do. We have, and we have indoor plumbing in Beach Grove too. So, hey, by the know, way, I saw Mayor Buckley on Saturday. His um, his brother is Blake's track and cross country coach. Did you know that? Oh, cool. Yeah, didn't know that. Yes, yeah, I, I said. Dennis. You know, I said there's this guy named Mike Chapel that comes on with me every Thursday that claims he's the mayor, the actual mayor of Beach Grove, <laughs> and not you. Well, we have figureheads, and then we have the real guys, and I'm a, I'm a figurehead. <laughs> hey, I saw this a little bit earlier today. Now, this is from The Athletic. Uh, it says, when the Colts draft room was shown after the selection of Anthony Richardson, you saw no celebrations. The evaluation of him had to be complicated. And it goes on. I, I, I swear I saw celebrations. I saw people high-fiving. Yeah, I, I saw I people excited. It was a Randy Mueller, from yeah. former uh, Saints, longtime Saints. Yeah, I don't know. I, and maybe you see a snippet where there weren't. I I thought I saw some celebration. I know Ursay was, you know, walking around like he hit the lottery, which he hopes he did. You you can you can. I'm not saying anyone has an agenda. Certainly not Randy Mueller. I think these guys are. They try to do decent stuff, but you can you can make out of whatever you want when you see reactions or whatever. So they are, they are happy. They got their guy and we'll know if it's the right guy in about two years. Well, I will say this uh, to me, 
it was, and I know it was the 100, 110% Shane Steichen. And we talked about this last week. I, I'm glad it was. I'm glad that he had, again, was it a collective decision? There's no doubt. But the loudest in there was going to be your head coach and the guy that's going to be directly working with the new quarterback. And I like that. It, it, we talked, it had to be. You, you don't. You know, kind of lock your your the future of your franchise initially to a head coach who has a history, a proven history of working with quarterbacks, and then not let him cast a deciding vote on the quarterback. You know, his, yes, Chris Ballard's reputation and his tenure here is tied to Richardson, but so is Shane Steichen. So, it, it, and I'm I get the impression this was probably one where they they agreed on it. But yeah, if there was any doubt, you have to go with your head coach or what in the heck is he doing here? There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And that's that's why I've been going back and forth with people all week long. And Mike Chappell from CBS 4 and Fox 59 is on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, I am on the side in this case of if you believe he is ready to go, and I'm hoping he's ready to go, then in week one, wind him up and turn him loose. Where are you with that? I, I can go back and forth on it. But first of all, I think, uh, Gardner Minshew will be more ready to play the opener in this offense than Richardson. He, he's been in it for two, you know, for two years. He's played in the league. He's had success. He'll be more ready to go. But if you believe that Richardson had a strong grasp of the offense, can handle protection calls, you know, and, and a lot of it is may depend on where you think the offensive line is. You know, I realize people say, well, you know, this guy's got mobility. He can run away from pressure. Well, a lot of times these mobile quarterbacks run into pressure. So, you know, I think early it'll be good to know where that quarterback's going to be. But somebody mentioned, and, it, and I knew what the, I understand what they were saying. They said, well, if he's not going to hurt the team, then he should play. Well, the approach I took is as long as the team's not going to hurt him, he should play. And as from a protection standpoint, I remember, gosh, the years run together. There was a preseason game in 17 or 18, whatever it was. And the first game was in Buffalo. And they didn't play Andrew Lux. Because, you know, Buffalo had this pass rush and the Colts' offensive line was not very good. But if they think this guy's ready, the, the people around him are ready, and, and they can get the protection right. Remember a couple of times when we talked to Jim Irsay on Friday, he talked about simplifying the offense and all this. So they will do everything they can to balance simplifying the offense, yet maximizing what everyone can do, including the quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, and the receivers, and, and, and being effective. They're not going to throw him out there, the David Carr Type of thing. They're not going to do that. But if he, if they believe he's ready to go, you know, your, your gut says no. You, you, you start Minshew and let this kid sort of watch and see. But if if you believe you've got him ready, as far as the playbook and protection, and the team around him is ready, you play him. You know, go back to it's totally different. I realize, but you know, Peyton played every snap. 982 snaps as a rookie. He may have played all of his snaps year two. But 
keep in mind, he had a pretty good offense around him. Now, he didn't really kind of get it until midway. It was, it was a Frisco game out in Frisco when they got hosed by the league. But if this kid's ready to go, play him, I guess. Although you can talk me into letting him sit a couple a couple games. But what happens if you sit him a couple games and Minshew goes out there and he starts playing well? And you're 3-1. and one. Then, then what do you do? So I, I think from talking, it's funny, you talked to, when we talked to Ballard last week and over the weekend, he really tried to pump the brakes on things as much as he could. You take a guy number, you know, fourth overall, it's kind of hard to pump the brakes, but he sort of did. And boy, the more you heard Shane Steichen and Jim Mersey talking, it was reps, 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 got to play to get better. And twice or three times, Jim Mersey mentioned the opener. So uh, if he's ready, you know, maybe they just put him out there. Who do you think in that room had to be more talked into it, Mike? Talked into Richardson at four. I think they were all on board with it. I really do. I I, I really do. Uh, It's hard to know who you have to parcel out, who was least enthusiastic. I think they were all on board. What was really, really, really interesting after seeing Will Levis drop to 33, was it, second round? That Jim Irsay said that if Richardson had been gone, they more than likely would have taken Levis at four. So they liked him as well. But I, I, I think that all the work they had done with the scouts and the Ed Dodds and Morocco Brown, I, I think they, at some point, I think Chris Ballard said like a month ago, a month before the draft, they had settled. They, they, had, they had really kind of settled on Anthony Richardson. So I'm not sure there were, there were a lot of dissenters in that room when it came time to draft him. It'd be interesting to watch the whole dynamic, and you bring up Mike Will Levis, and you have Anthony Richardson. The race for production and justifying a pick compared to the fall from grace if somebody doesn't make it. I mean, really, throughout the AFC South is going to be a significant watch over these next few years. Well, in Houston getting Stroud. I mean, and then, you know, two years ago, Trevor Lawrence was number one overall, so well, let's just say they're all everybody's right on their picks. This is going to be a great division to watch grow. Now, history tells us that somebody's not going to make it because that's just the way it is. But you know, the one thing that's interesting, and I understand why ESPN did it because that's what they do. But they kept flashing to Will Levis and his girlfriend in the green room or whatever you want to call it, and it really is gut wrenching to watch a kid sit there and sit there. And I went back and looked, and the number four pick, Richardson gets 30, I think it's $35 million guaranteed over four years. That doesn't include his fifth-year option. And at 33, I think Levis gets $8 million, only like $5 million's guaranteed. So that was a monster financial drop for Will Levis. Now, why everyone else passed on him, even Tennessee, why everybody else passed on him, like that, I don't know, but you know it's it's going to be like like you said, fascinating to watch the next two or three years to see if all three, all four of them, including Lawrence, all four of these guys make it. And if so, again, like I said, the AFC South is going to be fun to watch. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. The philosophy of trading back and gathering 
picks like squirrels would nuts preparing for the winter. Is that a good philosophy for you when likely there's a couple, maybe even more of these dudes that will not be a part of this team moving forward? I guess there was just nobody there at the time that they liked. And if you can get an extra pick, you know, the more picks, the the more chances you have to hit guys. You're not, the misses aren't as, aren't as damaging. I, I, I'm not crazy about more and more picks. I, I, I would rather have a better player in round three or four, if you can, if it works out as opposed to what was it? Four fifth round picks. And I realize they've had good luck later in the draft. And I understand reinforcing your roster and all that, but I would given my druthers, I would rather have a better player in round three or round four, as opposed to four or five or six in the last three rounds. But we'll see again, they've had good luck in in the later rounds and in the way that with, with where they drafted guys, a lot of these guys are going to make it because you need bodies you know, in prospects at the position, cornerback, you know, re- receiver, offensive line, I don't know about the seventh round offensive lineman, but three corners and a safety, those guys are going to get a chance to play. You know, I, I still am hoping that he's got a free agent cornerback, you know, the Rocky Sin type guys, or a free agent offensive lineman. I still don't like the offensive line room. I just don't. Uh, but, you know, they have time, and, and he, he sort of makes – just the way he talks, Chris Beller makes it sound like they've got a free agent or two that they're looking at, and they're going to maybe see how these guys look in the rookie minicamp this weekend. But I still think they need a veteran corner, and I think that they need a veteran offensive uh, tackle. Tackle or, or I, I guess, guard, either, either one. They need, you still need a right guard. We'll see if – uh, the rookie minicamp shows much as far as guards. The kid for Cathedral is interesting. Is, a, is it Emil Ikior? I guess his yeah. name is. I'm surprised he didn't, he didn't get drafted out. God, he played three years at Alabama for crying out loud. It's hard to believe those guys didn't get drafted. But uh, if we're sitting here at the end when they break veteran minicamp in mid-June and they haven't addressed those two spots with veterans, I'll be a little disappointed. Don't you think that in part, and Mike Chappell joins us, that their belief is with a different quarterback, and really regardless of whether it's Richardson or Minshew, and a different offensive philosophy, that the offensive line guys that you would expect not to look in the fashion in which they did a year ago would be better, even without, as of right now, the addition of anybody new? Isn't that part of their thought process? Well, primarily, it's, it's not to me. It's not so much the quarterback or Shane Steichen. It's Tony Sperano Jr. It is, is I think they believe that they needed a different set of eyes and a different approach. And you know, it, it, it was strange that nothing was done there last year with all they were doing. So I really do believe. I mean, it's obvious that they're they're, they're expecting those three guys to, to really have bounce back seasons. And, and if they do, they'll be in pretty good shape. As, as long as Bernard Ryman takes that next step in, in year two, and, and we saw growth last year, but he's still he's still a young guy at the position. But I think it's more it's more the new offensive line coach than it necessarily is the quarterback. Because again, like I say, you get a quarterback that runs around 
Yes, he escapes pressure, but a lot of times he runs into pressure. Whatever the stat is, you know, Randall Cunningham, he may lead the league in total sacks all time and in one year, and it's a stupid number. It really is a dumb number because he ran into he ran into to pressure. But, I, but back back on the line, I really think they anticipate a new voice, a new approach on the, in the in the offensive line room, making a major difference. Yeah, I just I I think it's all the way around too. I and I, that can be a little bit dangerous, but then again, when you looked sure at this is. team and how how discombobulated it was. I don't think it's altogether wrong. I think there's also hope that how in the world can these, especially these three guys we paid so handsomely to perform, you know, how can they add collectively to this group and play so badly? Well, and on top of that, you're sort of handcuffed. You can't cut or trade. You know, there was talk about interest in Ryan Kelly. Okay, and then all of a sudden you got a big hole at center. But there's nothing you can do with Braden Smith and Quentin Nelson. I mean, those are your guys. You've you've invested in them, and and you still are. And you know, we we haven't really seen Quentin's extension take effect because he he goes through the roof, I believe, next year, cap wise. So so this is sort of who you've hooked your future to. You know, again, yes, you could have you could have moved on from Ryan Kelly, but you didn't have anyone. You know, if we get rid of Ryan, boy, we'd hate to. But but we got this guy. Well, you, you didn't have this guy, so they were, were really in no position the way they built this team to, to to do anything major as far as getting rid of people. My concern is that I, they didn't add anybody before the draft, and I, I I just I just think it's risky to expect. What was that? Freeland is he a fourth round pick? I I just yeah. think it's risky to say he's going to be your competition at tackle and your backup swing tackle or, or your swing tackle I mean so we'll see where this goes you know it, it's this thing is not set yet they've still got time I just would kind of like to know what the answer is it on the offensive line because again you're banking on the same guys playing better after playing really not very well last year so Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 with us via the Andy Moore automotive group hotline when you look at the overall draft from top to bottom you happy with it? I, I said on Monday, Mike, that I didn't find much wrong with it, I guess, because they address needs. But as far as procedural, I guess you can look at it as, all right, trading back and, you know, you know, multi after multi fifth round selections may get a little bit old for folks. But I think otherwise, you know, even if you're a hardcore detractor and believer in Ballard right now, they did address the situations that they needed to address, other than obviously going that more much more in depth in the offensive line as you would have liked. Yeah, I, I think when you when you like people are giving them giving teams grades right now. To me, the only way you can grade a team is, and this is our our projections. Boy, they, they going into the draft they needed quarterback, cornerback, receiver, offensive line tackle guard whatever however you want to do it and and that's what they did that that that's what they did now you can you can disagree with Richardson you can disagree with Juju Brands Josh Downs the tackle you know and if if you want to argue that they could they should have taken a guard sooner at 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 the, at the cost of what the receiver or the or the corner uh, so i thought they did a good job the, but give them any kind of a letter grade now is kind of crazy 
I don't care if the other 11 guys turn out to be really good players and a couple of them are starters and a pro bowler. If the quarterback doesn't work, it was a bad draft. It, it just was. I, you know, I hate to be so simplistic, but there's no they doubt. Had to, yeah. They had to and have to get the quarterback right. Talking again, talking to Ursay over the weekend, and, and even you know Shane Steichen said, you know, you build around the quarterback, and w- with the quarterback, everything is possible. And without him, you've got Jonathan Taylor running for 1,800 yards, and you miss the playoffs. That's crazy. That's just crazy. So a couple of quotes that really were, were really telling, and I can't remember whether it was Ed Dodge or Morocco or or, or Ursay, but you you want the guys that no one wants to play. You want to have that quarterback that that no defense defense coordinator wants to play, and w- whether it's a Mahomes or a Hurts or, or or name six or seven guys in the AFC. If you get we've seen it, if you get that guy, Manning and Luck. Everything is possible. When you've got luck, you can be down 38 to 10 and you can win. With Manny, you can, you can be down 35 to 14 with five minutes to play and you can win in overtime. That guy makes everything possible. And if you don't have that guy, I, and I realize there was a lot of things that went into it, if you don't have that guy, you know, you, you find a way to lose a 33 to nothing lead because, because at some point, no one made a play. So if Richardson's the right guy, I think we'll have a good idea November, December. I really do. Not for sure that he's the guy, but we're going to know, okay, they got something. This guy really has a chance to be good. I don't know if we're going to know the other that this guy is Ryan Leaf and he just can't do it, the wrong pick and all that. I think there's a chance at some point late – We'll get a good indication that this guy's got a chance to be pretty good. Not super-duper great, but pretty good. And if you were a betting person right now, would you bet that he would, he being Richardson, start in week one? If I had to put 100 bucks down on my Beach Grove money, I would say yes. Me too. Yes, and, and I, I wouldn't put much more than $100 down because I do think there's a chance that he doesn't. But I think if if, if they believe he's ready to play – and, he, and, and they've got the team around him where they want it to be. I think he, he very well could start week one. So there's a lot of philosophies floating around out here uh, by the spoken word or by print or television-wise that would suggest the Colts would be better off being back up into the uh, top four, top five range next year. Um, I think that sucks, and I don't want to think about that. I think while you're up there, you go after what you believe is your future quarterback, your high-level quarterback. That's what they did this year. Now the rest of the time is working off of what you're building. But would that be your philosophy? Do they need another season to be back up where they were, close to where where they were this past year, to add somebody else top-level like that? It wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, if it happened – Again, talking to Ursay, he said, yeah, I had a long talk with Marvin Harrison, and we weren't talking like quarterback. He was talking Marvin Jr. You know, can you imagine having a top five pick next year and being in line to get Marvin Jr.? Uh, but the thing is, I think the fan base, and I think everyone would be fine if, let's say, they go with Richardson. And it's like Peyton. It's like Peyton's rookie year when, when they're 3-13, and 13, but, but you could see – you could just see that there was something there. And 
you know, yes, they made the big leap the next year because what Edrin was for. Edrin was for the next year. Uh, and, and a lot of people thought he really was the key to everything that they were able to do. That, that top flight running back who could do so much. So, you know, let's say that they come out there and they start Richardson right away. And he starts 17 games. How much can you, do you really think he might win? You know, Peyton won three games. So they could start him and he could play relatively well and still have trouble winning five, six games just because the team's not good enough yet and he's not good enough yet. So you could have the best, you could have the best of both worlds and, as a quarterback play and get better, you see him getting better, and just not being where you need to be on the scoreboard. Uh, now, again, now if they start Minshew, and it, it, maybe things change a little bit, but I still look at this team, regardless who they start, and I see five or six wins. Well, five or six wins isn't going to give you a top four pick. You know, that, that, that's going to give you maybe a top ten pick. But I think you're, I think there's a good chance you're going to get a good pick next year, regardless how you do it. And I think that'll be fine as long as, you know, I, I said all along as as long as this team gets a quarterback that the fan base can say, okay, this is going to be a tough year, but boy, moving forward we see something. You know, I've always thought that 2024 is a season that they really ought to be pointing towards. Uh, that, but that's not to say that. That, that this coming season is a is a a three and fourteen season because that's what you want because you want the high pick. I'm not saying that at all, but I think they can I think they can start the, the rookie quarterback and show progress and not have it translate on the scoreboard. I just I can't imagine where it's going to be as bad as it was this past year. I'm not talking about the play. Well, that, that's, I'm just no talking about the record. There. I'm talking about the record. Oh. Well, yeah, I, probably not because again, with the, as, as bad as it was, you, you flip like four plays and they win eight games. That, yeah, I said, that, I said this all along. You flip they, and you win two more games that you absolutely should have won. Jeff Saturday's still here, and Chris is probably not. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that, that's that, that's really interesting to think about. And I remember <laughs> talking to Kevin Bowen, and he and he believes firmly. A couple more. He, he thinks maybe one more win yeah. would have they, done well, it. He might. I, he I, might I, be I, right because we both know <laughs> that Jim was looking for a reason to justify I that. Don't disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree. And if you win two or three more games, you haven't got Anthony Richardson. You've probably got Will Levis, I yep. guess. Uh, so yeah, it, it's really kind of cool to sit, sit there and do the the what if game because you know again last year. There were so many what if games, which led to a what if off season, and where we could be sitting right now. It's it's really crazy to think what could have happened. It's a Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. All right, and we'll do it again next week and see what happens. Rookies all coming to town, get some workouts in, and uh, get that rookie quarterback well on his way to starting week number one. That's what I'm hoping for and looking for. And you agree? I'm glad. I think that I think that's the approach they take until they're proven otherwise. Mike, I appreciate you. We'll do it next week. Talk to you later. It's a Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. The what if game is pretty fun. Kevin may be right about the one. I said the two. 
It doesn't matter. You can find – there's a handful of here or there. I think Kevin's win, though, was Philly at home. No, if they would have beaten the Eagles at home, and then you would have beaten, obviously, Kansas City and the Eagles, the two Super Bowl reps. I think Kev's thought was that if they would have held on to beat the Eagles at home, then that would have been different for Jeff Saturday. I, not even the Eagles for me. I mean, if you, you know, you look at Dallas and Minnesota, you look at, um, you know, Washington. You know, maybe what happens, you know, later in the season is affected by all that with that final game against Houston. I mean, you put all these games together, and Mike is right about that. You can play the what-if game, and things could have been drastically different. Now, I think all of you are pretty much set to where they are right now, but it could have been drastically different. And in a fashion in which many of you, regardless of those handful or less than other wins that could have occurred, in a path that you did not want to see. Quick break and we'll come back. Trackside, Beyond the Bricks, 7 and 8 tonight. Lakers, Warriors, the only NBA game playoff wise on the schedule is game two from San Fran coming up later on tonight. It's at 9 o'clock right here. The JMV show. It's a JMV rock show. You can be going. Your chance to win is coming up a little bit later on. And Cinco de Mayo, we celebrate on the road tomorrow. If you've missed it, where, when, and why you need to be there for Cinco de Mayo. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, regarding Kramer Jezik that I brought up a little bit earlier. Tucker Barnhart, catcher of the Cubs, listener to the show, says, hell yes, they still make it. Two levels higher, too. Red Hot and Atomic Balm. Don't get the Atomic Balm anywhere near your satchel, fellas. Never. I mean, even the Kramer Jezik was fairly lethal there, but don't get anywhere near. Not close. <laughs> Revenge of the nerds. Liquid heat on the jock straps. I think what was even more concerning about that particular scene is they just they put all of the football team's jock straps in a big pile, and evidently the football team just went over to that big pile and grabbed them and just randomly put on jock straps. That's a little weird. From Josh, hey, JMV, what bad quarterback needy teams will finish ahead of the Colts in order for them to land Marvin Harrison Jr. in the draft next year? Good one. Uh, tough to gather. See, it's tough to gather because you would expect him to have an outstanding season, and his value stock-wise is so high right now, it is It's probably going to be incredible at the end of the season. Again, that's the expectation there. JMV, didn't the Colts miss out on one, if not multi, of the best tight ends in that draft? 
Uh, they did not go early tight end. They went Will Mallory later on. I believe the son of Mike Mallory, the grandson of the late Bill Mallory. Uh, they chose to go that direction, and yeah, yeah I mean that. That's one thing to have picks, and that's great, but you go a little bit higher, and you'd probably want and hope for more of a sure thing. Yeah, random jockstrap. Hey, let's go to that big pile and grab all these random and moist jockstraps and put it on. Come on. Come on. Just doing that. Yeah, and you guys are calling them nerds. Uh, Buzzard writes this. I still can't believe that Pearl Jam and Smashing Pumpkins will be at Deer Creek in mid-September. The Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. It is funny. I, I like. I still like both. I've seen Smashing Pumpkins before. I, I think I saw them in their heyday. I saw them before Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. I saw them after Siamese Dream on a Lollapalooza. I always thought that that's, that's when they were at their best. And I don't know, maybe it was because a Chamberlain may have been there and not drugged out or something. I don't know. But I thought that they were at their best there. I think I was in a bathroom getting ready to throw up when they came on and played today. I've got an incredible memory. Where were you in Smashing Pumpkins in 1994? Went into the intro of today off of Siamese Dream. Well, I was in the bathroom at the then Deer Creek getting ready to yak, I think. At least that's what my memory serves. Yeah, JMV, what Mike was talking about, I do agree with both you and he regarding the rookie quarterback and wanting to get him those reps right away, but are you not concerned about the ineffectiveness leading to injury or anything else? Listen, your concerns, because around here, you've been around injury so much where you're always going to be concerned about it. Let's face it, there's always been some sort of injury around here, right? And you could say that across the board in the NFL, but because we live in it and talk about it daily, it seems like that it happens more noticeably and more frequently around here. So I think you worry about that anyway. Or I take that back. I I think you would have concerns about it just in general. It's not like you sit there and worry about, oh, gosh, oh, gosh, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. I've just described it like this. If he's in the ballpark and you deem him ready, you don't have to keep him in a glass case and then release him upon the world when you believe there's a perfect environment because, frankly, there's not. To me, the perfect environment is getting him in gear and going, punching that clock. That's the environment I'm looking for. I mean, you're going to have a horrible schedule in terms of good teams right so just i don't know maybe take advantage of that take advantage of some of those veterans around him some of those offensive vets especially you know somebody like jonathan taylor that you hope we talked about the offensive line having a bounce back uh but how about hopefully an injury free or at least somewhat injury free bounce back from the running back yeah just put that thing in gear JMV, I saw the pumpkins in garbage. Ooh, shout out to Shirley Manson. 
for my first concert ever in 95 in Fort Wayne at the War Memorial Coliseum. <laughs> I saw garbage, I think, somewhere, too. I think that was at an X-Fest, something like that. Yeah, I believe I saw the Pumpkins when they were at their best. I could be wrong about that. Some may disagree. But at their best was my feeling right there. Yeah, JMV, I agree with you on that, too. I like Gardner Minshew, and it's nice that you have him as an insurance policy. But as you said earlier, it's just one of those situations with an insurance policy, you never want to use it. I don't know if I feel good or bad. He's a good dude, and he's great to talk to. So that part's good, but I would rather see him sit because, again, you want to wind this thing up and let it take off, don't you? My philosophy. Yeah. Uh, JMV, I heard you mention May the 4th be with you, the day we're celebrating today. Some of you are celebrating regarding Star Wars. Did you have any of the Star Wars toys of Kenner growing up? I did. Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Um, Sadly, you look at the price tags at some of these things today. At vintage toy stores or, you know, in conventions or whatever on eBay, uh, my grandma, I think, sold my Millennium Falcon for $2.50. All right. Yeah, all that stuff. I had some, maybe not all of it, but a lot of it, right? My grandmother, lover, miss her every day, sold it at a Green County garage sale. That is very true. So those of you that are still packing around stuff today, I think about that all the time in the garage or stuff when my kids were growing up, and I'm going, all right, so will I regret this? Like, I'm sure my mom or my grandparents might have regretted it looking back on it now because that stuff can be expensive now. Yeah, you're right, Diggler. What a lineup that was. This was the 94 Lollapalooza. Main stage, Smashing Pumpkins, Beastie Boys, George Clinton, and P-Funk, The Breeders, A Tribe Called Quest, Nick Cave, and The Bad Seeds, L7. Green Day didn't play here at the then Deer Creek Music Center, but they were on the back half of that as well. Not as good. Uh, that was my first one, and that was really good. You know, by the way, the Beastie Boys, I, I remember this because this date, I think we go back to 2012, is when MCA of the Beastie Boys passed away at the age of 47. The reason why I remember that is I was sitting right here talking to then Pacers head coach Frank Vogel. And Frank Vogel grew up in New Jersey and grew up basically in a similar time frame as did I and a lot of you out there and was a huge Beastie Boys fan. And we ended up talking at great length about the Beastie Boys. Because on this date, back in 2012, it was announced that MCA had passed away. And it just so happened that that Frank Vogel was on the show with me that afternoon, and we talked really at length about that. That was pretty cool. He was very well-versed in Beastie Boys. But this is a sad day right there with the uh, loss of MCA.
All right, quick break, and we'll return. John McClain covers the Houston Texans. Used to be longtime writer for the Houston Chronicle. John joined us last week, and we'll talk about what I really liked as a draft. I really like when you got some guts and you go up and get what you want. Not really worried about being at the top of next year or worried about next year's draft or how this grades out compared to how that grades out. You wanted what you believe to be the best quarterback, and you wanted what was across the board, basically unanimous, the best defensive player in the draft. And you were motivated and you went out to do it. I have a great deal of admiration for that. John McClain, top of the hour, JMV Rock Show ticket, Cinco de Mayo on the road tomorrow. A lot to get to. We'll do it with you next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. If somebody gets in your face and calls you a I want you to be nice. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. James over there with a Millennium Falcon toy update. I mentioned my grandmother sold mine in a garage sale for $3.50. Give me a value update right now. Present day, James, please. Well, on eBay, the vintage Star Wars Millennium Falcon 1980s rare going for a price of $425. (laughs) And it's worth noting that that's at 15% off. The original value was $500. Yeah. My grandmother sold it in Owensburg, Indiana for $3.50. Well done. Well done. (laughs) Major League Baseball this afternoon ongoing. Bottom of the eighth inning. Orioles 10-9 over the Royals. Uh, into the 10th inning, tied it to the Twins and the White Sox. The White Sox on a bit of a win streak after a horrific start to this season. Bottom of seven, Brewers four, Rockies two, top of five, Mariners five, Athletics three. Into the third inning, they are the Braves three, two over the Marlins. And uh, games in the book from earlier today. Nationals 4-3 over the Cubs. Tigers blank the Mets 2-zip. Pirates losing on the road to Tampa 3-2 was that final. Angels 11-7 over the Cardinals. The St. Louis Cardinals, shout out to the Cardinal fans out there, 10-22 and 22 on the season. Now, I beg the question for even the hardest of the hardcore Cardinal fans, and I've made a note of this before, They dig out of everything. They play their best baseball later in the season, in August, in early September. Will they dig out of this? 10 and 22 on the season. Will they dig out of this? Cardinal fans, let me hear you. Hey, by the way, the Reds opened up a series in Cincinnati. That's on Apple TV. I believe uh, Trisha Whitaker will be a part of that broadcast, right? 
normally with the Rays on Friday does Apple TV. Uh, that's the Reds and the White Sox from Cincinnati coming up tomorrow evening. All right, quick break, and we'll come back trackside and beyond the bricks for you, 7 and 8 o'clock, respectively, later on tonight. Lakers and Warriors game 2-9. That is the only NBA postseason game on the schedule this evening. That is game 2 of that Western Conference semifinal best of 7. The Lakers own a one-zip best of 7 advantage, so we'll see if the Warriors and Steph Curry can even that up tonight. 9 o'clock, your coverage is right here. 5 o'clock hour, your chance to win the JMV Rock Show tickets. I'll tell you about that coming up. John McClain gives his breakdown of not just the Houston draft, but the AFC South draft and what he liked about it across the board. John McClain joins us next. The Ride with JMV. I don't know what the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. A JMV Rock Show tickets coming up for you. Brown County Music Center, September the 16th. Going to make a weekend of it down in Brown County in Nashville, too. Warrants, Bullet Boys, Lita Ford. When you hear a song from uh, one of the two groups or from the artist, Lita Ford, that is going to be your cue to call. Number nine at some point is going to be a winner of a pair of tickets. I also need to remind you that next week, James, follow me on this one. We've got a lot to give away next week, correct? Do you have that in front of you or can I rehash it? I know we've got LL Cool J tickets. You know that show is coming to Gamebridge Fieldhouse, I believe in August, right? So we have qualification and carb day tickets to give away right as on. well as LL Cool J. Uh, LL Cool J, let me try and find, uh, August 20th at Gamebridge. Yeah. Gotcha. So, and that's, that's going to be great. Like, there, there's two different ones coming here. Though. There's one that's at uh, with LL at the lead down at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And I remember I was at a Fresh Fest. It was what they called them back then, a Fresh Fest in 1987. Um. I believe, was it Bigger and Deffer or Bad? It was the Bad album, I think. And it was supposed to be Run DMC and LL, Eric B. and Rakim, Houdini, Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew, Public Enemy. They were all there. Run DMC, there was a sign on the door that said Run DMC will not be performing tonight. And a lot of people were bummed because that was backing up, obviously, you know, Raising Hell. But LL was incredible. But there's going to be one there, and then our friend Gino is is got one going up at uh, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum in June, which has Rakim and a number of others too. I'll let you know. We'll give away some tickets to both coming up. Meantime, it's been a busy week. There's no doubt about that. Of course, last weekend's NFL draft here. It was Anthony Richardson there as our next guest told us about this time last week. It was going to be a quarterback and indeed it was. We just didn't know at the time that they were going to jump back up and grab themselves the best defensive player in the draft. Talking about the Texans, talking about the AFC South and John McClain from Houston joins us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Well, you had that bag boy pretty pegged. Did you think that they were going to get back up there and and go for Anderson as they ultimately did, John? Yeah, I had that predicted in every mock draft. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'll tell you, somebody who did, I was watching the NFL Network the night before the draft, and Daniel Jeremiah, who I think is as good as there is on TV or online, uh, Daniel had that trait. 
And I thought in his last mock draft, and I thought, well, he's nuts. There's no way they're going to trade back up there and do that. And I was doing a, a radio hit uh, talking about C.J. Stroud and Brian Baldinger, one of the guys I was on a Zoom with, he looks up above him, and I'm guessing he had a screen. He said, oh, my God, the Texans have traded back up to get the third pick. Well, I knew then it was either for Will Anderson, Jr. or Tyree Wilson because their two biggest needs by far were a quarterback and a defensive uh, lineman, specifically an edge rusher. And D'Amico Ryans had told us every time we talked to him, twice at the Combine, that you had to dominate on both lines of scrimmage. Well, they've improved their offensive line. They needed a center. They drafted two. And then when they traded up to get Will Anderson, not only is he the best edge rusher, a lot of people thought he's the best defensive prospect once Jalen Carter's issues uh, came to surface. And then um, and then a lot of people had Will Anderson Jr. as their number one prospect. So people here celebrated like crazy, and then uh, and then I saw Texans get ripped for giving up too much, and I told and I I wrote and I tweeted, the reason you have a lot of draft capital. They had twelve picks going into this draft, two number ones, eleven next year, two number ones, is when you want to move up, and they did for the best pass rusher, and then uh, they they took the. They got the third overall pick and a fourth-round pick this year for the 12th pick, the 33rd pick this year, and then a one and a three next year. And they still have a one, two, and three next year, and they have nine picks next year. So it's not like they're destitute. And I love these mock drafts I'm seeing uh, already for next year, and everybody has the Cardinals having the first two picks, and I'm willing to bet Texans aren't going to have the first or second worst record because that means they would be worse than last year, which is almost impossible. Yeah, it's it's funny. I love what they did. And you're right. You did hear a lot of stuff saying, you know, why would you give up so much? And then John others suggested, well, last or I should say next year's draft is supposed to be so robust. I'll be honest with you here. My clock is ticking. And I don't expect the Colts to be that great, very good, any of that next year. But I damn sure don't want to see them back up for or inside of that. I don't. I want to see them. They did what they had to do. They went after their quarterback and what they believe in in their long-term future, and they're moving down that path. I like that, and I especially like what Houston did because they had the assets to jump back in to get somebody that they obviously coveted in that draft and they did it their fan base should be elated the fan base is elated everybody even the media that we've been ripping the texans now for three years in a row and justifiably i wrote a column today that's on gallerysports.com about the mcnair family and what they've been through beginning with the second quarter of the divisional playoff game after the 2019 season. They'd beaten Buffalo in a wild-card game. Then they led Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium 24-0. And Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdown passes in the second quarter, and they lost 51-31. Bill O'Brien made some really boneheaded uh, calls, and they just choked that because players made mistakes they hadn't made before. But since they blew that game, 
it's been spiraling out of control. They traded DeAndre Hopkins, one of the worst trades in NFL history. They got two stiffs for him. And then they had the O'Brien was fired after an 04 start in 2020. They Jack Easterby, who never should have been hired, who was a disaster for this organization, was elevated to interim GM. And then the day after, no, two days. Two days after 2020 season, Sean Watson's agent, David Mulligetta, told the Texans he wanted to be traded. And uh, then all the lawsuits started to pile up against Watson. J.J. Watt asked for his release to the McNair family and was granted his release. And then the fiasco continued with the whole 21 season where Watson was inactive for every game. And then Nick Casario, who had been hired, not having any idea this kind of stuff was going to happen, I thought did a great job, starting with that trade for for uh, for Watson, getting six picks and three ones. And a four, the fourth rounder last year was used on Daniel Pierce, their running back. And so – but then they, they, they're terrible, and they fired two coaches after one season – People around the country couldn't understand why. People here had seen them play and saw how bad they were, and uh, and they should have been fired. And then, But once they hired D'Amico Ryans, and then they had this draft, and they had fired Jack Easterby midway through last season. When Easterby was fired, that was kind of the black cloud had been lifted, started to lift off the organization. And, uh, and then when D'Amico was hired, and then with C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, and they they got some other players people here like, and uh, they can never say again they take the best athlete available. They take the best athlete available at a need position, which all of them do. Sure. And I just saw a great video with Chris Ballard showing the war room, and when the Texans traded, when it said Arizona had traded a pick, Ballard's holding his breath because he's worried that it's going to be a team that wanted Anthony Richardson. And when he heard it was the Texans, he started clapping because he knew (laughs) they were going to take another player and the Colts could get the prospect they wanted. So Jim Mersey, Chris Ballard, now Shane Steichen, those guys don't want to be terrible anymore. with, With Manning and Luck, you know, they were always good, always a threat to win the division until Luck retired. So now... The, the Colts got used to living at the top, near in the penthouse or near the penthouse. And so you know they want to do that again. They don't want to wait around. It's uh, John McClain joining us again. Galleriesports.com, SportsRadio610.com. The uh, longtime coverer and uh, writer and talker regarding Houston sports, certainly with the Houston Texans with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So what did you – I don't know how deeply we got into it last week. What do you think about C.J. Stroud, especially in the mix and the future there in Houston? Well, first of all, the Texans did the best job I've ever seen of keeping a lid on their plans. They said, D'Amico Ryan's told us there were four people that knew what they were going to do, and they didn't tell anybody else. They didn't tell assistant coaches, scouts, personnel people. It was D'Amico Ryan's, Nick Casario, the GM, and the two owners, Callan and McNair, and that was it. And so the more – 
And they said it was drought all along, and I believe them because they had that desperate need. He was the second or first quarterback on the board. I saw some like like uh, Lewis Reddick, Dane Burglar from from the Athletic, Phil Sims. They had Stroud number one, and people were blasting them, saying, "How can they not take?" C.J. Stroud, I bought into it. I had him taking an edge rusher. I didn't even get the right edge rusher. I had Tyree Wilson from Tech, Texas Tech, who went to the Raiders with the seventh pick. And and uh, so once they made that pick of Stroud, there were there was a fan fest that was at a place here called Miller Outdoor Theater, and there were 7,000. And the Texans put on a big show for them. And uh, and I was at the headquarters at NRG Stadium, and I was watching. Uh, and when they made that Stroud pick, people just went crazy. They were so excited. Even when Deshaun Watson was drafted in 17, you know, they traded up to 12 to get him. And they were coming off a playoff season and a playoff victory. So the, the, the atmosphere was not – as bad as it has been because they've been so pathetic on the field for three years in a row, winning only 11 total games. So now uh, they took the quarterback everybody thought they should take, and then when they traded back up for Will Anderson Jr., people just went into histrionics. Yeah, I I um I just thought they had a great draft. I did. Did you like it from 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 top to bottom? And I don't know if we got into as well outside of those two high picks, the off season that they've had in Houston, and and your thoughts on how that had gone up until the draft, and now when you can reflect on the off season and the draft together, John. Nick Casario's first draft, he didn't have first or second round picks because of Bill O'Brien trades. He last year before he got here, they didn't have a first round pick because of O'Brien trades. So it's last year he had two first round picks. He took cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. <clears throat> they put him in a zone. He should have been covering man to man. Then he got hurt, missed his last, I think, eight games. And I uh, had, had a bad hamstring injury. And their other number one pick, left guard Kenyon Green, started every game. But over the second half of the year, he struggled. And so, and they and they drafted Jalen Petrie as safety, who's been really good. So they brought in some good pieces. And then they, we think that they got five starters in free agency. Now, we're not saying they're great, but they're better than the players they've replaced. And um, and then in this draft, besides the first two picks, they trade in the second round. They need the center. They got a guy named Juice Scruggs from Penn State. And then they took a center in the sixth, Jared Patterson from Notre Dame. Both of them can play guard. So that was the last thing they needed inside. They had traded for Bucks guard Shaq Mason to play the right side. And, and other, other draft choices, they have a receiver, Tank Dell from the University of Houston. And there's a story making rounds because Dell said this in an interview that after uh, C.J. Stroud uh, was drafted, Tank Dell said, tell him to draft me too. And he said he will. Now they're acting like he's Aaron Rodgers dictating picks, even though he's Tank Dell's right here, scored more touchdowns than any receiver in college football last two years. And he's a tough uh, slot receiver, and he's got a great personality. And and so they got Scruggs and Dell in the second and third round. And, and, um, the guy I liked the most was projected to go in the third. He's the fifth. 
uh, is Alabama middle linebacker Henry Tortoa. I watched a lot of Alabama games because I wanted to see Bryce Young because I thought the Texans had a chance to get him. And every time they were on defense, I kept hearing Toa Toa. And I was thinking, man, I hope the Texans don't get him. I have to spell his name, much less pronounce it. And, of course, now they have him. So they ended up, they went in with 12, came out with nine uh, draft choices. Now we're going to see him on the uh, rookie minicamp next week. And I can't remember, I guess the last time I was fired up for a rookie minicamp <laughs> was when Deshaun Watson had been drafted. But even then, he wasn't the starter at that time. And they'll never say this about C.J. Stroud. But of course, he'll start the first game. And what I love is that we're going to watch Stroud and Richardson and yeah. at some point Will Levis, the grizzled veteran, in probably 10 games into the season, when Levis starts earlier, Tannehill gets hurt. It's going to be so weird because Trevor Lawrence going into his first year is going to be the grizzled veteran of the starting quarterbacks, and it's going to be fun watching those guys develop, what kind of talent they have around them, who does the best job of coaching them. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch Anthony Richardson based on everything I've seen. You know, Steichen, the Texans love Steichen. I think if they hadn't hired D'Amico Ryans, they would have tried to hire him. They like the fact he called plays, what he did with Jalen Hurts. He didn't make it too complicated. Sometimes coaches make it too complicated to show how smart they are, but he didn't do that. They didn't ask Hurts to do a whole lot, but what they want him to do, they want him to do great, and he did. So now he's got Richardson, an even better running weapon, and I, it's, you guys are going to have fun watching him, and we're going to have fun watching him down here twice a year. I can't remember a time in talking with you in recent years where you've been this excited. Well, it's because Texans have been so bad. Truthfully, <laughs> the last time people were really fired up about the Texans, and it wasn't negative, was after the 2018 season. They won the division, went 11-5, and five, and then Luck beat them here in the wild card game. But Andrew usually won here in his hometown, so people thought, wow, this, this Deshaun Watson is everything we thought he would be, and people were pumped about 2019 season, and then O'Brien just it became unraveled with O'Brien after he'd been named general manager, which was one of the humongous mistakes the, this organization has made, but now it's like happy times are here again, and they better not screw it up. You like um, Anthony Richardson here as a selection and a quarterback moving forward? I like him for for who he's going to play for, and that you got a coach with a six year contract, and he's going to be there a while, and they know he's going to struggle. He's all these guys are like newborns. They're going to struggle. They're going to fall. They're going to get picked up. And then the fans and media are going to watch them start to straighten it out and develop. I'm sure we're going to see him run a lot this year when his first reads are not open. And I think it's going to be fun. He reminds me of Cam Newton, only faster. And I can't wait to see him. I, I just, I know they're talking about him. Well, you guys in the media are talking about him starting from day one. Yeah. He has so little experience. You know, I remember he Shuler. When he started for the Redskins, he made, his confidence was destroyed as a rookie starter, and he was never the same again. But they're smart up there. They know what they're doing. And if they think that uh, need to start, 
the mustache, Gartner, Minshew, go ahead and do that a few games till they think he's ready, or if they think they want him to learn like Peyton. You know, Peyton had that through, what, 28 interceptions as a rookie? And I'll never forget Tony Dungy told me after his rookie year, we got to work on his play fakes. He needs to work on that. And then he became one of the best ever. So they may just do that with Richardson, although Peyton was so much more developed with what he did at Tennessee. So it's going to be so interesting and fun to watch. And I can't wait to see Will Levis when he gets in. And uh, and I'm guessing Tannehill will probably get hurt. He counts more against the cap than any player in the NFL this year. And it's his last year, and they've given up on Malik Willis, obviously. And I want to see all three of these guys playing at the same time. You know, John, in closing, too, you had mentioned that uh, the Texans had interest in Steichen. How deep did that run? Uh, well, if if uh, they interviewed him twice, and Domingo Ryan's uh, – I think it was – no, I think they interviewed him once because it was on his Zoom because you couldn't inter- – they weren't bringing people in on the first interview. And so once they interviewed D'Amico, fans and media all wanted D'Amico Ryans to come on because he's one of the most popular players in Houston pro football history, respected by everybody. And the fact he did such a good job with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, who was here with him for his first four years, uh, highly recommended him. So then uh, once they did that Zoom, and his was after Steichen's, they really, they turned to D'Amico. And it was unanimous. They said when Nick Casario got off, they turned to the McNairs and said, we got to get him in here and not let him leave. And they're like, because that's who they wanted. They don't make them hire people here. It was Casario's decision. But I think if they hadn't have tried him, they would have offered Steichen, and then it would have come down to the Colts or the Texans, and it would have been uh, one of those all AFC South battles in the offseason. But it's worked out great for both of them. And uh, one of the things that they had told me off the record that they liked so much about Steichen is how much confidence Nick Sirianni had in him to get him call plays for two years and that he was ready to be a head coach. I think people knew that after the 2000. 21 season that he was ready. So I'm happy for Jim Mercer and Chris Ballard and all the fans up there and the media. But uh, what I what I don't think is fair, it's not going to be fair to the rest of the AFC South that if the Colts get Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and after suffering just a little bit, Anthony Richardson turns into a great quarterback. That just doesn't seem fair. <laughs> no, there's been some suffering here, though, recently. Now I want to see the Packers suffer with a quarterback <laughs> for a change. Nothing against Jordan Love. But after 31 years of Favre and Rodgers, Packers need to suffer a little. Man, you're always fantastic, John. I appreciate you more than you know. Gallerysports.com, SportsRadio610.com. There's nobody more on top of it down in Houston than John McClain. Very proud to have you as a friend of this show. Love having you on. Have a great offseason. I'm sure we'll catch up as we move along, too, John. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you very much. And congrats to the Colts. And good luck the rest of the offseason. You got it, John. Thank you. John McClain. Always really good. He was fired up, though. That was as fired up as I've heard him about the team in which he covers... In a long time.
That was uplifting. You guys needed that on this Thursday. Uplifting. I'm going to give you a rock show chance, right? The JMV shows down at the Brown County Music Center. Warrant Lita Ford and Bullet Boys. Coming up in the uh, next 30 or so minutes is your opportunity. Again, I got to get you to sign up to the Dana Meekum 36th Original Spring Classic and in Indy, the 12th through the 20th. Meekum.com. Get your tickets now for just $20. The price tag will be on the rise if you get them walking in to the place over at the state fairgrounds. This is awesome. Uh, we can also get you signed up as well for a VIP experience which I think is going to be great. And I'll be there with you, and we'll go through it, look at cars, go to the auction block, check out the TV show. Maybe you can even slam the gavel. It's a hell of a time. Uh, But we'll do that, too. We got your chance to win those tickets to the JMV Rock Show coming up in September. And Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Have you guys made the necessary decisions and accommodations? Have you done that? Tomorrow is going to be fantastic. Now, I've tried. I have tried to bring us all together here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I've tried to bring us all up there to celebrate Cinco de Mayo with Luna Azul Tequila, Heaven Hill Distillery, and Brent Halverson. I kind of got a, I don't know what you guys gathered out of Bowen yesterday. It was kind of a half-ass, yes, which is probably a no-lean. Uh, Prefontaine, I think he's got a stuffed up nose or something. So I don't know if he's going to be rocking. I think Jimmy's got stuff to do. I think Brian knows in South Bend or something, but I've tried, I've tried to bring us all together. Todd Meyer says, yeah, probably not going to be there. David Woods got a kid coming home from college. You don't necessarily have to RSVP. If you want to tell me you're coming, you're coming, but I just want everybody to enjoy time. And this is going to be a time. La Hacienda, Fox Road. It is Cinco de Mayo for the show tomorrow. And while we're there, 10% off of footage. About that. While we're there. So this is going to be a blast. Cinco de Mayo and La Hacienda with Luna Zul Tequila coming up tomorrow. 93.5107 by The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson, full steam ahead. Over there. I want to go over there. I'll move over, Swanson. I'm driving. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Somebody. I believe at some point here before Carb Day, we're going to have Brian Adams on this show. I will be exceptional with that conversation. I promise you. Uh, it is one of the highlights of Carb Day. We'll be giving away Carb Day tickets coming up next week. It's Brian Adams and Soul Asylum, the 26th of this month, out at IMS. That is the Carb Day concert. And again, that's a JMV guarantee that you're going to love every second of it. I mean, even if he breaks into 
Uh, get ready to put this back up for me, okay? Get ready. Go right here. I'm kind of hoping I don't hear this. <laughs> yeah, I'm not big on that, but it's a JMV guarantee that it's going to be great. Would you agree with me on that? The Carb Day crowd, maybe they would want to hear that. I might be just completely wrong. You think they'd want to hear You think the Carb Day crowd would be, again, hold on. The Carb Day crowd would be so juiced up that this probably would still work. You ready? Play it. That is everything I do, I do for you. It was probably if you were in the 90s at some point your prom song right there. But a JMV guarantee that this is going to be great. Brian Adams, Soul Asylum, May the 26th. Tickets available now. We'll give them away. That is coming up next week. Yeah, I heard that spot right before I came back to TCU Amphitheater. That's Jodeci SWV and Drew Hill. I had a big crush on SWV back in the day. Nice. Saw Jodeci back in September. Good. Drew Hill, never seen, but I'd be good with it. Coming to the TCU Amphitheater. I said this about a year and a half or so ago. There's going to be a point where everybody is going to be out. Does it seem like everybody's out? It seems like everybody is out. Got a JMV show coming up on September the 16th down at the Brown County Music Center in Nashville. That is Warrant, Lita Ford, and Bullet Boys. Your chance to win those tickets coming up in a bit. Tomorrow, Cinco de Mayo celebration. Luna Azul Tequila. Brent Halverson just texted me. He will be there. Now, Brent, I'm going to have to have a breakdown. We have somebody coming on tomorrow to talk up Kentucky Derby because I don't know jack squat about it. The only thing I know is that they've evidently had a problem keeping some horses alive there recently and i don't like that at all but i am completely in the dark regarding the kentucky derby so we're having somebody tomorrow to lead the way yes we are we're having mike joyce at 3 30 tomorrow mike joyce mike joyce where's he from do we know what's he do there's some random guy we just call mike joyce and say yeah come on here and talk about this horse race I'm hoping that Brent Halverson also tonight, I'm assuming, because he's our betting analyst, is going over everything with a fine-tooth comb. Certainly. Brent Halverson tomorrow. Luna Azul Tequila. Cinco de Mayo. La Hacienda. Mike Joyce? He is an analyst and a host. I like it. Should I know him? That name's kind of recognizable. I was thinking Andrea Joyce, but that's not who that is. I think he is with uh, FanDuel, I think it is. FanDuel. All right, I got this is not him. The Mike Joyce I know was um was and maybe still is the drummer for the Smiths. That's not the Mike Joyce. No, not that one. Different one. <laughs> yep, he's uh, he works for FanDuel. Because if he's hung around Morrissey for a while, he'd probably come on here all depressed. Yeah. And the Smiths, I play drums. Yeah, great. Yeah, everybody recognizes me and I just got to be a big fat rock star. What the heck? Yeah, sucks. Not that Mike Joyce. 
I don't know if that's Mike Joyce may not have that similar personality that that Morrissey does, but yeah, Morrissey. I mean, I I know everybody's coming up, wants my autograph, and they love me. God, it just just wears me out. Todd's at two three nine ten seventy. Hello, Todd. How are you? Extraordinarily obscure reference here. Kevin Joyce, South Carolina member of the seventy two Olympic team that got gypped by the Russians. Oh, that's absolutely <laughs> right. I believe I have an NBA card of his too of the seventies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just got just I, I that just came to mind when you were rolling through that. So, um, oh, by the way, um. Track and field sectionals coming up. You take one or two days off for that. <laughs> you know, last night at Brebuff, Todd, I don't know who was running that show, but it was awesome because they were lickety. I mean, they were getting through things in a hurry. The announcer was great. I mean, getting through stuff. It was timely. It was accurate. That is what you want in a high school track meet. They got you in and got you out. It was glorious. And a shout-out to Brebuff Prep for doing just that last night. It was great. That's rare. I could usually watch Gone with the Wind twice during a high school track meet. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it takes. It does take a while, especially like my kid runs the distance stuff, and that is notoriously oh, at the right. back end of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, um, I know you. I know you well enough. Um, you're following this NBA playoffs, and I, it's, it's, it's great drama. It's been fantastic. This team has to be – our local team, the Pacers, we need to be part of that next year for sure. And what's really interesting is that these play-in teams are uber competitive relative to the top-rated teams. Um, it's, it's 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 like uh, it's nope. like real life drama. Yeah, I think I think people forget that Miami was on the verge. They lost their first game of the play-in at home, where we were all laughing about it. Yeah. And I, I mean, look what what having one of those guys this time of year that can just you know, step up and carry in the fashion in which, when healthy, he wasn't healthy in the last game in Game Two in New York. But you know, having that Jimmy Butler effect with your team helps a great deal. But I, I would agree with you; it has been amazing, and it has it hasn't gone according to form not close to it and it makes it more interesting I, and that's something we were talking last week no actually earlier this week with Ian Eagle and Ian Eagle had suggested this was something that the NBA had hoped for for a long time more of a kind of NFL parody effect and maybe because of injuries or whatever the case they have had that so far in the postseason it's been fun we we chuckle about the playing teams but it's different. <laughs> it yeah. really is. I mean, I mean, we, you know, why, why get into a playing role? Well, actually, it makes a difference. Hey, um, I'll see if I can get out there tomorrow. Um, it's kind of a foobar holiday. Wait my- a minute. Wait, 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 wait. wait. The, the, I'll see if I can get out there tomorrow. Sounds like a big fat no, Todd. Well, I'm not a big tequila guy. So. Oh, well, they got I'll other think- stuff. Uh, We've got uh, other uh, stuff. I'll talk to BH, see what's going on. Well, I hear that the uh, Smiley Bros are going to be making an appearance, too. So, going to be a big <laughs> afternoon right there. Thanks, Todd. Hey, hey, don't forget, check with Hammer and Nigel on the uh, Lena Ford thing. <laughs> yeah, don't, see, I can't hear them because or listen to them because I'm on opposite of them. So, yeah. I get it. Tough. I get it. But ask them. There's two floors up right there, Todd. Thank you. Yeah, that sounded like a no, too. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, I'll try to be there. That's just long-winded. Nah, I'm not going to be there. No. 
Uh, Jim McCann says Mike Joyce is from FanDuel slash TVG. And I'm just going to lean on him entirely for the Kentucky Derby because you guys have asked about it. Uh, Corey Kenny says, where's my invite? Man, that is your domain up there, brother. What's up, uh, Geist and Fishers? You were a former incredible wide receiver at Hamilton Southeastern. I mean, you just get a quality pass wherever you go up there. I'm waiting. I am waiting on you. Uh, JMV, I'm standing behind my earlier comment that after the draft, the sunshine is already breaking through the dark clouds. John McClain was totally solar-powered today. Talking about both the Texans and the Colts, absolutely awesome. You know what? That was funny. He did kind of separate the clouds on this one a little bit, didn't he? That you fired up about that. It's from David Allen. So I remember in high school PE, someone placed a good amount of Kramer Jezik in Denny RIP's jockstrap prior to class. It was not a good day for Denny. No. No, it wasn't. It can't. That was the, the Kramer Jezik, the atomic bombs, ridiculous. Uh, yeah, they did that too to Lucas Bly. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> and he had to, he had to sit naked in the fountain. Yeah, the Kramer Jezik. Hey, JMV, did you see this? So the Cardinals lose today, eleven to seven. They're swept for the second consecutive series. St. Louis extends their losing streak to a season-high six games, have won only one game of their last 10, and own the worst record in the National League with a dismal 10-22 and mark. It is as bad as it sounds. I brought this up a little bit earlier. Because normally we all giggle and laugh as haters of the Cardinals when things go haywire like this. There's nobody that enjoys it more than me. But I end up eating it later on in the season because once we get to August, you know, we start paying attention to football a little bit more, and all of a sudden, there are the Cardinals. Cardinals start winning. Put a couple on a row, put together a win streak. Other teams start to get tired. Guys go down with injuries. The Cardinals have injured dudes that start coming back. It's like a rite of passage in Major League Baseball. So my question a little bit earlier was this. If you're a hardcore Cardinal fan and you can get through me laughing at your situation with your favorite team right now, at 10 and 22 – the worst in the National League, will they dig out of this one? They're 12 games below 500. Will they dig out of this one? Or are they done? So the Cardinals of the team of the Central that may be done before Memorial Day, normally, normally the Reds going to wear that as a badge of dishonor. Cardinals done, Cardinal fans? Who's out there that's a Cardinal fan? That doesn't get mad. Jason says, you can go back to talking about the Reds. Hashtag, we suck. (laughs) So worst in the National League right now. I'm looking at them. 
Uh, 10 and 22 in the standings is good for 10 games back. The Reds are 13 and 18 in front of them. Uh, obviously setting a scorching pace. Uh, the Cubs 15 and 16. Brewers 18 and 12. And somehow, some way, is this even right? The Pirates are eight games above 500 and leading the NL Central. But the biggest question is, can the Cardinals get, obviously, out of this massive hole that they have dug for themselves? Uh, quick break, and we'll come back. Chapel McLean Podcast, 107.5thefan.com. You don't necessarily have to RSVP, but I would love to see you tomorrow because we like a good party. Brent Halverson, Luna Azul Tequila, La Hacienda, Fox Road near Geis coming up tomorrow, 3 until 6. 10% off food while we're there as well. So, margaritas? Food, 10% off, and a great time on Cinco de Mayo. That sounds like a party. La Hacienda coming up tomorrow. Your chance to win tickets to the JMV Rock Show before we leave as well. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Nope, did I hit that? There it is. JMV Rock Show, everybody. So do they mean the dessert here? (laughs) It is Ward, it is Bullet Boys, and Lita Ford. September the 16th, it's down at the Brown County Music Center. Right, I got a pair of tickets for you right here. It's a rock show for you. I love songs that are just chock full of innuendo. All the inner meanings. Oh, give me some inner meaning. You know, we were talking about smooth up in you yesterday. (laughs) Give it to me, baby. Uh, my good friend Billy Searing says, lifelong Cardinals fan here, not looking good this year for once. It's not all injury-related either. Uh, well done. How about the Bucks firing Mike Budenholzer, according to ESPN? I did not make it out of the first round of the postseason, and Mike Budenholzer has been dismissed by the Bucks. How about that? Uh, the East top seed had that first round loss to the Heat, and their head coach gets the gate, everybody. Man. Uh, again. In the athletic world that we live in, there is there's nothing really 
that comes as a surprise any longer. And I love the way when when they went out and the way Giannis put it when asked the question about a failed season. And certainly that is a way to look at it. Unfortunately, that is not how most of the rest of the sports world looks at it. Like, I'd be secure understanding that Giannis is still one of the best players and, you know, what he says to go to bat for everybody in a disappointing loss because you still have to play the games. But there's no way around just how massive of a loss that is. And uh, down goes Budenholzer. Most of the people probably felt that that thing was coming. No, he did. Is Leonard the winner here? Hey, Leonard, you want to go September the 16th to Brown County to see Warrant, Bullet Boys, and Lita Ford? Yes, sir. All right, Leonard. How how old are you, Leonard? 50. Awesome, Leonard. We're going to have a good time down there, too. All right? Can't wait. I'll bring the product. Uh, That's even better. (laughs) I'll put you on hold. I had Leonard at I'll Bring the Product. Hey, great job today, James. Thank you very much. Mike Chappell, John McClain, Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Lounge YouTube Live loves you guys. You are awesome. Listeners, callers, fantastic. Let's all party tomorrow. Cinco de Mayo, La Hacienda, Luna Azul Tequila, me, Brent Halverson, and a Friday chalk full of fun. La Hacienda, Fox Road, Geist tomorrow. Be there at 3. 10% food, Luna Azul Tequila. Need I say more? See you then.